What's up, guys? Matt Sun here. Welcome back to Mastering You, the Lifestyle Performance Podcast. Hope you've been having a great week. And I have another awesome episode for you all today. Today, I am talking to Nicole Posner. So who's Nicole? Nicole is a communication and conflict expert, supporting and empowering leaders, business owners, and high-performing teams to communicate more effectively and successfully successfully navigate difficult conversations with confidence and ease. So you may be thinking, well, what's that got to do with health, wellness, personal development? Well, that's what we actually dive into on this episode. And we talk a lot about why being able to have difficult conversations and have the confidence to have difficult conversations can help you actually improve your health and wellness, um, reduce your stress, and just help you build your character as a person. So it is a really good episode for anyone to listen to. You don't have to be a leader or a business owner or someone that is looking after um, high-performing teams. I would highly recommend everyone listen to this. Um, so just going back to Nicole, so she's also a, an ex executive conflict coach, trainer, and accredited workplace mediator. So that's what she spends a lot of time doing is mediation. And she has a real interest in psychology and conflict, which basically got her into this um, after her previous background of work, which was in PR. She's the author of many published articles on communication and workplace conflict. Um, she's been in Thrive Global, SME Magazine, HR Magazine, as well as being an executive contributor to Brains Magazine. She was a featured coach in Coach Magazine in 2020, and she's been quoted in Metro several times amongst other work-life publications. Um, last year, she was included in the Brain's 500 global list as one of the 500 companies or influential leaders who are recognized for their entrepreneurial success achievements and dedication to helping others. And in 2020, she was a shortlisted finalist in the UK National Mediation Awards. And she's actually been really kind and she shared um, a few cool free guides. One of them is the free guide to difficult conversations. What I will do is put the link to that in the show notes. So if you want to collect her free guide, you can do that. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this episode. It was, um, it was something that I wasn't expecting to have. Um, but I think I do really do think there's going to be so many people that gain a lot of value out of this. So um, just before we get into the episode itself, I just want to also thank our sponsors for this episode. So that first sponsor is Candaprint. So Candaprint is a small business based in Corby, Northamptonshire, and it's a one-stop print and merchandise service provider delivering a fully comprehensive bespoke design mm -hmm and print service to a wide variety of clients and industries. And they really have been um, my go-to print service for the last six years. You know, I've had everything done through Candor Print, my signage for my facilities, our cookbooks, our welcome packs, our journals. You know, they, they do a fantastic job. And what I like about Candor Print is the personalization you get, okay? You get to um, get all the designs made for you, it's not a template thing. You can actually talk to a person and you can get what you want, which is what we all want in business, right? So if you do run 
um, small or, or medium or, or large business, then and you want to showcase it through awesome branding, then head on over to candorprints.co.uk. And our second sponsor is Comfrey and Clove. And this is run by one of our very own awesome LPT members, Sara Sewell of Comfrey and Clove. And she offers Swedish deep tissue and hot stone massage and many more treatments to leave you feeling relaxed, revitalized. If you're feeling a bit de-stressed, then you're going to want to definitely check out Comfrey and Clove. So you can find all of the services that Sarah has to offer over at bit.ly forward slash Comfrey Clove. Again, this link will be in the show notes too. Um, so let's get into today's episode now, where we talk about how to negotiate or talk about or have difficult conversations that in the long run are going to make your life much better. The longer we put off having these difficult conversations as we talk about in this episode, the worse things generally get. Nicole, welcome to Mastering You. How are we today? Well, good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. No, not at all. Not at all. I was just saying to you just before we started that um, I I would imagine people would sort of be asking, well, what's conflict and communication got to do with sort of health, happiness, high performance? Um, but, you know, we'll get into that. But what I, what I said to you was who doesn't have conflict in their life and who doesn't have struggles with having those difficult conversations and we all know what the ramifications of those are you know stress you know behaviors that you probably don't want to be um, engaged in um, I've got a few questions for you I've got you know around conflict and communication um, first I'm just interested what what interested you in getting into this field um very good question actually um, so Years and years ago, I used to work in PR, um, and I'm going back 30 odd years, and it was a very toxic workplace, very glamorous industry to be in, um, lots of fun, but um, kind of behaviours and bullying and um, attitude, certainly at leadership level, was something that today is recognised as unacceptable. So there was always that that I felt uncomfortable around. Um, Fast forward many years, I left there, I stayed there about five years, always resonated with me about that toxic workplace. Um, got married, had kids, started studying psychology for my own, just interest actually, mm. learned way too much about myself. <laughs> and after about six years, that came to an end and I thought, well, actually, I just want to do something with this, but I didn't want to go into full-time education. And I started doing a distant learning counseling course. And one of the modules on there was mediation. And I thought, I really like this because it's unlike a lot of um, therapies or counseling, which go on and on and on. Mediation has a, a finite end to it. So you mm. can deal with issues within a short time frame, or relatively short. And... So I trained to be a mediator and, and the training was taught from the psychology of conflict, which for me was really interesting because it kind of married my psychology that I wanted to do something with, brought that in. 
And then I thought about my toxic days in PR and thought actually what interests me about resolution is resolving or, or bringing, uh, building relationships back up, which in normal um, commercial mediations, it's more about uh, money or, or IP or property. But my interest is actually in relationships. Mm. So I trained to be a workplace mediator, which is about you know, resolving issues with people relationship building so thought back to my days in PR and how toxic that was and I thought well we had a workplace mediator perhaps things could have been different then so that's actually how I, I came into this space and um, then I trained to be um, a conflict coach as a result of mediations I realized that a lot of the problems ended up in the workplace in mediation because at leadership level the leaders didn't know how to manage difficult conversations. They didn't have the skills, the knowledge, the understanding, the courage, the empathy, the compassion. Um, so I trained to be a leadership coach on the back of, of the issues I saw in mediations. Um, and, and that's wow. where I am. And that's my story. <clears throat> yeah, no, really interesting. And so and how long have you been doing this now? Uh, about five years now. Right. Yeah. And can, obviously you can't go into you know, specific um, details, but, you know, are you seeing any kind of sort of general themes of, you know, rising conflict in the workplace that, you know, and, and <clears throat> sort of what solutions, I guess, that, you know, you're helping people come to? I mean, there are different conversations now, you know, particularly post-pandemic, because, Two years ago, you would never be having a conversation with your teams about uh, whether they were going to work from home or not. Mm. You know, there, there was it was just we you come into the office, and now there's this discord because um, it's it's almost a power thing, a control thing. Well, I don't want to come into the workplace. I, I don't want to get on the tube. I work just as well, if not better, at home. Mm. But some businesses require their teams to be yeah. in the office and there is so there's some difficult conversations around that there's a lot more difficult conversations around emotion emotional well-being mental health as you know i'm sure you would yep. understand um and um micromanaging conversations lack of trust when when people aren't in the office you know what what are they doing at home and so out of sight out of mind so Conversations have changed slightly, I'd say, over the last year or two, for sure. And when you when you notice, when you first noticed that sort of you mentioned like toxic cultures, and that was sort of why you got into this in the first place. Mm. Can you give any examples about what you know things that you'd witnessed or heard that really kind of resonated with you that change needed to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, you know, bullying is is a big one mm. um, because sometimes it's not recognised as bullying. You know, bullying comes in many guises. It can be passive aggressive behaviour. It can mm. be, um, you know, lack of inclusion. Um, it can be um, 
you know, not giving somebody a voice. It could be favoritism. Um, so that there, that is something that crops up in, in many different ways in different types of organizations, but it all starts at the top. And, you know, if the culture is, a, a typical example might be um, a, a business where they have a, a top performer um, who's, you know, bringing in huge amounts of money for the business, um, but they are a bully to other team members or their mm. colleagues or if they're a manager themselves and the leaders don't want to have those rock conversations. Yeah. yeah, because they're going to rock the profits as well. So it's, it's kind of understanding, okay, well, how can you have, how can you have those conversations where you, you're not going to rock the boat, but you have to address, you, you have to address it. And a lot of leaders won't address it. And that is when it is a toxic culture. It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I, from what I've sort of studied, you know, the things that create good leaders or the people that end up being in that role, maybe don't because it's a different skill set isn't it to mm-hmm. to, to let's say climbing the top of the ladder in the, the corporate world to actually managing people and understanding the human emotion and the psychology behind it it's you know it's to be fair to those people you know they're well maybe maybe it's different these days but it wasn't once something that they really had to learn about whereas you know the world's changing and we need to be a lot more understanding of our colleagues and our employees etc i mean it's i always find this funny maybe unfairly so but uh you mentioned about um the sorry um you mentioned about um those those skills a lot of leaders have don't have those soft skills yet they're the hardest skills so I actually say (laughs) when they talk about soft skills they are very difficult Mm. you know a lot a lot of people are on all are find um conversation emotional conversations difficult to have the you know the the showing the compassion they awkward around emotion so when you're faced with someone who um suffers from you know, was suffering with emotional issues, personal issues, uh, mental health issues. Um, some people just don't know how to do that. And why should they? You know, it's not something that they're necessarily being trained in unless mm. they have been trained in it. So um, there is a lot of, um, it's not mystery around it, but people think that it's, it's you know, something that they can't do. But it is something you, you can learn. You yeah, know, those compassionate conversations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a couple of things that um, I know for our listeners, you know, a couple of areas for me that I just sort of really wanted to give some value to people. Really, you know, around obviously conflict itself can come in many ways. So obviously, you know, from the people that we coach, it can happen in the workplace with you know coworkers through management. Obviously, it can happen at home as well, and it's certainly something. That, you know, this is the reason why I was really keen to have you on, Nicole, is it's certainly something that does have a massive impact on people's lives because it can be, you know, it can, in, from a brain science point of view, can put them into sort of freeze mode where they just don't make any, take any action. And, you know, 
often that can lead to all matter of things, whether it's self-sabotaging behaviors and beating themselves up and, you know, um, so what is it about conflict that does it has this paralyzing effect for people where they don't feel like they can have those conversations and what what sort of top tips do you have for people to you know where do they start well i think there's there's a lot of fear around those those conversations um fear of confrontation fear of messing up um fear of losing control um fear of not being able to put their point across um, fear of um, pushback um, limiting beliefs it didn't go well last time it's not going yeah. to go well this time um, they didn't listen to me last time why would they listen now so there's a lot of avoidance around based on those fears there's also um, people say they don't have time you know, I don't have time, I'll deal with it later. Um, mm. And of course, the irony of that is that later, the issue is blown up even bigger, and there's more time that needs to be spent on it dealing with it. Yeah. Um, so my advice is always to try and identify what the fear is around this conversation. First of all, what, what is it that is making mm. you feel uncomfortable about having it? Um, um, and for everyone, it's going to be different. You know, um, it could be a, um, a managing up conversation as well. You know, am I going to lose my job if I, you know, if I say the wrong thing? So it, it is, there is a lot of different situations. So first one is I would say identify what it is. Um, and then there are probably, depending, let's say you're, you're afraid of confrontation. Um, so. I would say, well, you know, write down a list of things that, for example, you might be afraid that will happen mm. um, so that you can actually um, I think plan. Planning is a very um, good way to help you identify what it is. So you've got your plan, you've identified what it is, and then you can actually um, write a list of possible scenarios that could happen. So they might say this, have your answer planned. If they say that, I know what I'm going to say. So it's that fear of what happens if, that panic yeah, mode. Sure, so sure. so brings brings the panic down. Um, mindset as well. Um, manage your mindset. I have a little acronym that I always put out there, which is have a map of the conversation. So by that, I mean uh, manage your mindset, get yourself in the right frame of mind before you have that conversation. Go for a run, go for a walk, listen to some music, go for a bike ride. Mm. Um, anything that kind of gets you in a, a less sort of yeah. um, excitable or, or uh, you know, get rid of, get, brings the calm, brings you calm. Um, a is the, um, what do you want to achieve from the conversation? So make sure you know what the outcome is. Do you want yeah. an apology? Do you want them to uh, change their behavior? Do you want them to um, uh, um, think about, you know, doing things differently? Um, and then the preparation P is the preparation and plan. So that's a good short little one. If you're in the moment yeah. and you think, I've got, to, I've got to think of something, you know, right, right I need a map of this conversation. What's that going to look like? So. Yeah, no, whereas, again, often it's, 
you know, it's stuff that when you say, you think, well, that's so obvious, but how often do people have these conversations when they probably really shouldn't do? And they're, they're yeah. at, in the wrong know, state of mind, the wrong state of mind. They're already stressed. You know, their monkey brain's kind of on, on fire and yeah. they're probably going to say the wrong thing and or it's going to come out the wrong way. Um, yeah. I mean, another little tip as well is, you know, that sort of that monkey brain, disrupting the monkey brain is if you're, if it's a workplace conversation, for example, try and have the conversation out of the workplace. Mm. It's a disruptor. So um, when you're in that environment, there's this sort of this association with what's going on. But if you can, you know, step out, go, even, you know, go for a coffee, yeah. we, you know, or around the, go and sit in the park, whatever, just, it just breaks it up and it takes away that, uh, that feeling of that oppressive feeling of it's all around you so you're breaking that cycle a little bit one of the things that we do talk to clients about and i know so so many of our past members and current members have had a challenge is when they want to take the leap and you know many of our members they get to the point where they've maybe sidelined their health and their fitness for a while you know because of having busy jobs careers children etc um, and then they decide, right, it's time for me, a bit more of me time now, you know, really, you know, I'm getting 40s, 50s, I need to sort of start thinking about my health and, and, um, but their partner isn't always on the same sort of lead as them, page as them, yeah, and it's, you know, it, it can be a real issue, this, because, you know, to really make changes to your health, it is a real multifaceted thing. And that's kind of what we're all about at LPT is, you know, working on the, the whole spectrum of health and, and not just the exercise or not just the food side, you know, and, and much of that is relationships and, and having that support. And obviously our members, you know, get support from us, their, their team, but, you know, obviously we can't be with them 24 seven. And, and of course. So a, a supportive partner is just, you know un- unbelievably positive um but the challenges that many people have is you know that that judgment of even sounds crazy but even wanting to make a healthy positive change you know they're scared of the judgment that they might get from the partner of not having that takeaway or that bottle of wine or that you know exactly and <clears throat> where does someone start with those types of conversations what have you got to say about that type of situation I think it's important to have an honest conversation about it not certainly not try and skirt around the issue because in situations like that what happens is it's a reactionary response someone won't be able to say look I need your support on this instead they'll say they'll react to I don't want to have a bottle of wine tonight and the other person and the partner saying, well, actually, um, you know, I want a bottle of wine. So it's about, instead of reacting, have an open conversation, first of all, can I, you know, I need you, I need your support on this. Can we discuss where I'm at? I know that you don't, aren't on this journey with me, but I need you on the journey next to me. So, um, it's about understanding values and respecting people's values and what's important to them and being able to say, look, I need you 
along, you know, to understand my perspective. Um, I don't necessarily need you to do it with me, but I need you to understand, you know, and asking for this, asking, you know, how, do you, how, how is that going to work for us? How, how can we do this together? So if you're inviting them into the conversation, as opposed to saying, this is what I'm doing, I want you to do it. It's uh, how are we going to do this together? How are you yeah. going to be? And, and it's the bringing them in, inviting them into it. And then they're committed to it as well. Well, yeah. you, told, you told me that, you know, you would have a salad with me once a week. And that's, you know, great. So whatever it needs, but it, you've got to invite them in with you rather than sort of responding to what I would say sort of the the blow up conversations yeah, where they're yeah. reacting rather than involved. Yeah, it's that we, we talk about a lot LPT is, is, is having agreements over expectations and yeah. you know, that can just expecting your partner just to, you, yeah, I Be can see side. you can see where they're coming from. Like you, you know, if, if you're with that person, you kind of think, oh, well, they should be, just be supportive. But you know, um, sometimes I mean, they, they can, you know, let's face it, lot lots of you know people, whether it's man and woman, have maybe been on lots of diets or lots of plans. So the partner can be a bit, oh, here we go again, and make again, a joke, yeah. joke of it, yeah. and yeah. not be supportive because they think this is just another, you know, another sort of try. Um, the other one that we get is actually, you know, I want to get my partner on board because they actually need this more than I do. Mm. That's the other one. And mm. then it's, but I guess what you just said there, you take the same approach. It's about inviting them into the conversation. And rather than saying, look, listen, you, you need to do You this. need to lose weight, yeah. You need to lose weight or you need to, you know, really, you know, sort yourself out. You know, mm. it's sort of getting them into the conversation and asking them for a bit of support. Will, will you mm. will you help me here? Is that what is that the way to go around it? Yeah, and I also think you know it, the losing weight one. As I'm sure you know, I don't need to tell you this. It's not going to happen unless the person wants to do it themselves. So, if you position it differently, and instead of saying "I think you need to lose weight," you position it as, you know, I want to change my lifestyle, my healthy eating lifestyle, and mm. you know, uh, so it's not personal. It's not mm. suddenly you're overweight, you need to lose weight, but it's actually you know, will you come on this healthy eating, you know, new regime with me? Um, and the, the word should is, is just such a big no-no in the conflict world. You, you mm. should do this. Why should I? Who says who? Mm. You know, because you want to do it. So why should You're I do it? You're forcing something on yeah. people as soon yeah. as you use that word, aren't you? Yeah. So what you want to do is influence change. And you do that by inviting curiosity. Um, you know, how, how can we do this together? You know, mm. would you, you know, would you get involved in this with me rather than this is about you? This is about let, let's do something together here. Yeah. And they might not want to do the, this exactly the same sort of yeah. plan, the, the same exercise, the same food, but maybe the principle might be the same that they want to engage in some form of healthier lifestyles and, there might be some exactly. cross crossovers that they both do can engage in together, but there might be some that might be completely different. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah. it's 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 about recognizing each other's where where each partner is at um and that they will have different needs you know one might be uh, training to run a marathon while the other one you know literally might be walking around the block once a week you know yeah. it's it's different expectations and managing them but it's still we're both going to do mm. something within our own you know uh, our own boundaries what we're we're capable of but we're going to do the 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 principle of it we're going to do together changing how our lives are yeah for the for the better hope which is kind yeah. of makes the whole thing kind of funny when you think about it why would you be fearful of having that conversation with your partner about potentially having a, a better healthier happier life um i suppose i suppose it comes back to any change if if you've been in a bit of a sort of not a rut but if you've been following the same sort of day-to-day -day regime for the last 10 20 years then you know tweaking that lifestyle change even if it's for positive can still be challenging can't it yeah i mean change for for a lot of people is very scary um, and a lot of people are very uncomfortable sorry are very comfortable in their discomfort so even though they know that it would be better for them um, the, the process of change the thought of it is actually what scares them what they will have to do if it mm. feels overwhelming you know, if they have a goal that they want to, for example, lose three stone, um, that is a massive goal. But if you say, you know, we're going to make a small change um, and that means once a week we'll have salads twice a week, sorry, twice a week we'll have salads, that isn't so mammoth. But the idea of the change is what is what is what fright is frightening. The process of mm. having to do something that appears overwhelming, yeah. rather than than the actual, um, you know, the go, going through the motions. Um, but yeah, a lot of people find it's it's the I don't know if you're um, familiar with Tony Robbins and his yeah. um, six human needs. Yeah. Um, and one, you know, there's a need for certainty, need for uncertainty. And people who are afraid of, of change um, don't like uncertainty in their life. They like mm. things to stay the same. And that's, you know, why we're all so different. We all are driven by different things. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I guess it comes back to what you said earlier as well is, you know, the not having that conversation and how that transpires you know it kind of becomes a, a bigger thing can you talk to like situations that you've had where I, I imagine there's thousands where taking action and having a conversation earlier would be would have been so much better for everyone all around absolutely yes <clears throat> uh i mean the avoidance thing is is just <laughs> I couldn't even remember how many conversations I've had with people who have chosen avoidance as, as a, a choice of action, mm. uh, which is obviously no action, but it's, um, it's, it's the one thing I would say don't do. <laughs> yeah, don't it seems it. such a, at the time you can see where people, you know, are, this will blow over or it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It can start with those sorts of thoughts in your head. And then, and then something it escalates. else and then it escalates and you're still not yet 
and then before you know it things are getting out of control and, and then you're all unhappy yeah but i think that they're going back to what i said earlier is it's that fear of the conversation so it's in that moment it's easier to avoid it mm. as we well know and the longer term uh, consequence of that is always you know greater but in that moment it is the easiest and most comfortable and safest option so um but it's understanding having the the skills and the knowledge and the courage and the experience to know how to have that conversation listen i've been doing this for years and i still find some conversations very difficult and yeah. i have to sort of walk my talk you know and i my natural reaction uh, to difficult conversations prior to my training and everything i do is avoidance as well and still, mm. you know or i'll just ignore imagine it's not happening but the difference is you know you know you've got the tools and this is exactly the point, this is the point of having podcasts like this like i mean i'm a personal trainer but it doesn't mean i eat the right foods and exercise every day you know sure. i know i should do but yeah. the good thing is when i do i know what to do i know what to eat i know how exactly. to do it yeah. um but you know that's the benefit of per- personal development i guess is yeah you, we're human beings we're not always going to do the right things exactly just working on trying to be better and I guess if there's anything people can take out of this conversation is that it's probably you've mentioned the word discomfort a few times and I guess it's Mm. the training analogy as well you know if discomfort is showing up now and again and you're pushing yourself out your comfort zone with conversations just like you would in the gym then that's probably a good sign it probably shows that you're making an effort if everything's too comfortable yeah and too easy and you're probably not, you know, growing and, and, and pushing yourself and, and probably maybe putting up with too much. I think one of the things I've noticed from coaching people for 15 years is people can get a little bit addicted to um, the, the norm at their detriment so that it's easier to be struggling along because you're, you've got that, what you said earlier, you've got that certainty around it. You know how it feels, even though it feels crap, you've been there so many times that you're just used to it whereas the one conversation or the one big action you need to take to move things forward so you don't feel crap so much you know even though that's will put you out your comfort zone a bit more because you don't know how you're going to feel it will pay dividends in the long run it it will do but i think one thing I would say is it's important if, if you are experiencing that discomfort, as I said to you before earlier, is to actually, if you identify what it is that's going to be uncomfortable around it, um, that's, that's where you'll start to get awareness. Of, mm. of, and then you can think, okay, well, how do, as I mentioned before, a few tips, but seek advice, you know, get an expert and talk to a friend who's been in a similar situation you know, when you start asking people, it's incredible how many people have been through similar things and they mm. might be able to say, well, try this, try that, try the other. Um, but yeah, it, it's very true. Saying Staying in that discomfort is, is a familiar place and that's why people do it. But um, identifying what it is is really a good place to bring it to your awareness. And for any, you know, leaders and, um, you know, executives who lead teams and manage teams 
and and struggle with some of these difficult conversations with their employees what what are some first actions or where what resources do you generally recommend um they use or, or are there any courses or books or you know even podcasts things that you you recommend for them to start learning because particularly in today's culture of I, I imagine in some ways with mediation and and you know leaders learning more about this it, it's got to be a tricky topic because obviously we have to be so careful about what we say these days as well yeah, so it's, yeah. it's easy to say well we've got to have the conversation and you need to you know it's really important to have these difficult conversations but you know for the for someone that's not particularly trained up in this area and understand mm. or hasn't got the empathy or the understanding, they could that could actually end up being not a good thing. Maybe I don't know. Um, well, that's that's exactly you know the the problem is that they don't know where to start. You know, they yeah. mess it up and then it all spirals and then mm. you'll get grievances and and all mm. of those things. So, um. You know, there there are loads. I mean, I'm writing a book about it now. So wow, okay. wow, yeah. Well, we'll have you yeah. back on when you wrote the book, and um... yes, yes, <laughs> uh, about how to. It's it's actually uh, due to be launched in September. Okay, uh, I can get my. <laughs> thank you. If I can get my uh, my my pen act moving. together, yes, yeah. pen moving exactly. Um, but it's um, I think going back to what we were saying before is that a lot of certainly new managers um, are promoted from a role that they did brilliant at before into a people management role without tra proper training. Mm. Uh, sort of thrown into the lion's den and um, expected to deal with a lot of tricky situations. You just know that there's so many people listening right now that are like, oh yeah, I can remember that boss who <laughs> was in this position and he, he was great at what he did, but he was terrible at looking people, at people management yeah um and so you know they bulldoze in they they kind of do it all wrong you know one of my the, the biggest things i would say is any difficult conversation a lot i talk about having conversations with heart so h-e-a-r-t and i'm not spelling it because i don't think you can spell but each letter represents something so H for humility, E for empathy, A for authenticity, R for respect, and T for transparency. And I believe that any conversation that is challenging, if you have at least one of those five key, I call them my five key pillars, um, they will help you through that conversation. You know, don't bulldoze in, have a bit of humility, don't be yeah. arrogant, um, show a bit of empathy, um, be... Don't, a lot of new leaders, a typical thing is, you know, they, they don't might not have answers yet. So they'll bulldoze into a conversation and they'll sort of put on this Teflon tough act that they know it all. And in fact, they know absolutely nothing. Mm. And, um, you know, they, it creates mistrust. It creates this sort of, you know, who, who are you and confusion. Um, so I think that acknowledging that you don't have answers is you know, you might not know the yeah, answer to yeah. stuff. It's really important. Be authentic, be true, you know, yeah. and then go and find the answers. Yeah. Um, if you don't know how to manage performance or manage um, a challenging personality, um, I always say behaviours are a gift 
they're a window into somebody's world. And if somebody is showing up um, angry, frustrated, upset, um, sad, you know, be curious, find out what's going on. You know, mm. so a, a typical conversation, for example, this comes up a lot. Um, if you notice, say, as a leader, that one of your team members is um, coming in late or clocking on late every day, and it's something that you have to performance manage, instead of going in with the, you know, the sort of rod of iron and, and you know, coming down hard on them, actually trying to understand why that's happening mm. um, as a first point of call, because that behavior is illustrating something's not right is there a problem at home is there a problem with you know a family member is it that they've actually not motivated and they're not enjoying work so once you know what the reason is that they don't treat the symptom treat treat the cause yeah yeah the source don't treat the symptom treat the source so having an inquiring mind rather than going in and coming down hard on somebody yeah so. yeah it's very much um it's almost like a sort of a, a coaching approach, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah, yes, sort exactly. Of, sort of what a lot, of you, a lot of what you're saying is kind of how we try and coach our clients. You know, if they, <clears throat> if we look at their food diary, we're not going to say stop eating that. That's why you're eating that. You know, we'll, we'll sort of inquire around. Well, you know, what's making you make that choice? Could could we maybe, you know, take exactly. a different? You know, and it's that whole thing of again it's the shoulds losing the shoulds i suppose isn't it yeah exactly just just swapping it over mm. and understanding that what's behind it so so um no this has been really interesting because so i mean obviously you're working on your book what what are yeah your, you know where where is this sort of taking you with you know your mediations just you know do you work one-to-one -one? you work with companies or both um, so I so I do coaching, one-to-one -one leadership coaching. Um, I do training. I run workshops. And I also go into businesses and do bes like bespoke workshops for them as well. Nice. Um, yeah. And then um, if everything has really gone, excuse my French, I'll sue the tip. I go <laughs> into the mediations. Yeah. Yeah. So. And does that happen very often? Um. Not with my clients, no, because I've taught them so well. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose that's a good sign, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. that's the sign of, you know, you you've got that in place in the workplace. You know, that, that communication, understanding how to deal with different difficult situations. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Thanks so much for for sharing these tips, and uh, best of luck with Pleasure. the book. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Well, the, we'll. I'll let you know when it's done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one on my on my list and it's still still low down still. the list, unfortunately. But oh um, no, you should do it. It doesn't, you know what? It's just getting it's it's that just uh committing yourself to it and then actually making the decision to do it and then just starting, starting yeah. that journey. The start yeah. as we all know, it's the the starting which is the hardest, isn't it? Yeah. Making that decision. And I'm sure you no. you see that all the time. And members tell us that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where can people um, find out more about you, Nicole? If they're interested in learning more about this um, area, conflict and communication. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. They can find me on there, um, on Instagram as well. Um, my website, which is 
currently being uh, rebranded and whatever, but um, it's, it's good of a bit too mediation based at the moment, doesn't kind of reflect where I am. So that's currently the journey. But if they want to see a bit more about me, yeah. that's um, npmediation.london, np-mediation.london. Okay. So, well, we'll put that into the, the show notes. Um, last question I always ask people is, obviously, the, the name of this show is Mastering You. What does self-mastery mean to you, Nicole? Mm, good question. Um, it's For me, it's about mindset, mastering my mindset, because I think so much of, of what happens from my perspective, my, how my day goes, how my work goes, how everything goes, is, is, my, my, is what goes on up here. Um, so I have, I check in with myself regularly and I have sort of processes I follow to make sure that whatever I'm feeling or going through, that, um, my mindset is in the right frame. So, yeah. So you're trying to live what you preach. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> like we're only human. Like we said earlier. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks for coming on, Nicole. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you.